welcome everybody to a brand new season of Forward Unto Quan, the internet's longest running podcast about Halo, the series on Paramount+. Plus. The whole panel is back for a brand new season of Halo action. Uh, I am Ty Monaghan, and I've got uh, Megan Watt. Megan is a an author. She's a video game writer. You can find her online at megawatt.writes. Hi, Megan. Hi. Megan is also uh, one of my best friends in the whole wide world, and we have played uh, days, weeks, probably, on the clock of weeks. Halo together yeah. Months. Over, the, over the years. <laughs> Um, so great to have you here, Megan. Always uh, such a privilege uh, and a pleasure to do this with you. Thanks for being here. And the other member of our illustrious panel, Cicero Holmes. He is also a person. Uh, he is a voice actor. He is a podcaster. He is a game master. You can find him online at Stubby Stan. What's up, Cicero? Hello. Hello, friends. How are you? I think they're all doing great, Cicero. Uh, and so a couple of housekeeping notes before we get uh, jump into our second season of Halo that I feel very privileged uh, to be here to talk about because I didn't think this season was even going to exist. Uh, I was very on record for thinking that this uh, show had been canned along with like the kind of tech way off, layoff waves uh, that have happened in the past couple of years. And I was kind of shocked to see it announced for a second season. And not only announced, but like... Uh, I don't know about you guys. I've been seeing uh, like ads at the bus stop, uh, lots of ads oh. on TV and stuff um, for Halo. So kind of a formidable marketing push behind it. I don't. I don't cool. live near. I don't live near buses. So or or the buses I live near don't have stops. Like like they don't have. You just like, gotta uh, jump on. You just gotta jump <laughs> right, on. Right. Yeah. Speed. Exactly. They just slow Flying down a down. little. And you just yeah um I yeah they don't have like the whatever you call those things fancy stops yeah the yeah stops. The, like waiting area yeah things I think I just saw stuff on Reddit and mostly asking uh, is he still wearing not wearing a helmet and is he also still not wearing pants mm. yeah those and are I the two big questions the answer to both of those is a little like slightly more interesting than I expected we definitely have some helmet stuff going on uh might be meta commentary with a small kid who likes to hide behind his helmet when he mm-hmm. cries um and uh also like right after the opening credits of this episode uh there's like almost a butt shot uh john was in the shower but the camera didn't pan down that far um anyway uh before we jump into the episode another uh, couple of quick housekeeping notes uh we have moved to a new hosting home rss.com i just want to thank them uh for providing some free hosting as an incentive for switching um we are also uh running a sponsorship program this year you can donate to forward unto kwan at ko-fi which is ko hyphen fi.com and you can search forward unto kwan and that will all go towards covering our expenses for running the show which is a labor of love some some people call that coffee yeah um yeah. i couldn't think of anything clever to change the word coffee to you could set it yeah. to like buy me a you know ai you right. could tell I didn't have any good uh, ideas. Yeah. You could buy us a calf because we're in the future. They won't call them coffees. They'll just, it's just caffeine. Yeah. Uh, you can give us money. You should consider it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, also today is the day of the big game, the game that's uh, such a successful branding juggernaut that you're not allowed to talk about it. Um, I am actually at Cicero's place right now. We are getting ready to watch the Super Bowl. Um, so let's go ahead and get into talking about Halo Season 2, Episode 1, before these edibles kick in. Let's go. <laughs> First of all, uh, the, the, the show like opens, the very first moments kind of resolve this, the cliffhanger from season one, which was basically at the end of season one, um, Cortana essentially in like really dramatic fashion, uh, like she puts her hand over John's heart when he's laying on the ground and basically takes full control over his mind and body um, so that he can win the battle against the Covenant uh, on their little secret holy world and he can get the artifacts back. Um, and so as season one concludes, it's like not really clear uh, where the line between the chief and John is uh, and whether John is even still with us. And season two, it seems like it's kind of straightforward. Cortana's gone. John is back. Um, 
did anybody read that differently? Did you feel like that was a satisfying conclusion? Or do you feel like they were just like, actually, we are going to backpedal and don't want that to be a dramatic thing? Yeah, I, I, I thought that they were definitely um, setting us up for some, you know, there, there was going to be some uh, conversation about this later on. But right now, you know, right now we got to get to not buts. We've got to get to, uh, you know, whatever, like, action to justify us having a second season. There was a lot of talk, like, around the show about, like, kind of backing away from some of the less popular story elements. And that's what this felt like to me. I was just upset because I think the entire first season I was like, I just want Master Chief and Cortana. That's all I want. And then at the end they're like... Here they are. Maybe not in the way you want it, but here they are. And then in the first episode, they're like, just kidding. Cortana's gone. Uh, so I was a little <laughs> upset yeah. about that. And it, it seems obvious to me that I think what they're doing is they're setting up a place where they can get back to um, like the relationship that's more familiar in the games, especially like Halo 2. Um, where Cortana is kind of like John's girlfriend, and mm. they sort of have that. I vibe. felt like they were getting to that toward the end of the first season, and then they just went way past it. And then, yeah, now we're just gonna have to wait again. So that's yeah, fun. Uh, yeah, it was like they couldn't figure out how to get there, and I feel I feel like now they're sort of rebooting it. Um, yeah. More on Cortana uh, in episode two of this series. Um, but for now, it seems like we've just got John. And interestingly, I was thinking they did like kind of an interesting flip-flop where John was the one who was, you know, removed his pellet first and was exploring his emotions and was kind of like going off book a little bit. And now he's the most stoic of them all. Um, and we actually see this, uh, I don't know, your mileage may vary, um, funny, interesting scene with uh, <laughs> a couple of other Spartans, Kai and Vanek, as they're doing Overwatch. Um, for the chief on this world of sanctuary. Um, and it's revealed that Vanek has actually removed his pellet too. Um, and as a consequence of doing that, he sometimes likes to watch nature documentaries now. Megan, could this possibly have been an example of what you were referring to uh, before we started recording about cringe dialogue? Look, that doesn't even, that, I, that's not in my top 10. <laughs> of cringe dialogue. <laughs> that one at least got like a mild chuckle out of me as opposed to like a full-on facepalm <laughs> or like cringing into my blanket and and like just crawling into a little ball into the sofa and hoping no one could see me that's uh no that didn't that it's it's not great but it wasn't <laughs> oh no can i watch a whole hour of this it yeah. was it was it was interesting to to me though that it seems like the open secret in um, in in this on this team is is this the Alpha team is this uh, Bravo Squad what what's, what's, what what Silver Team Silver, silver team. team yeah 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 so like it it seems like they it's an open secret that you, you yeah. can remove your pellet and that like and Cobalt that was it, like oh and, they got feelings now right and that they yeah. should um, now that was my first. Uh, Super cringe. I mean, that trash talk, it wasn't just completely nonsensical and not even all that insulting for, like, army people, but everyone who said it seemed like they were confused as to what their line was, and they just went with whatever. The I mean, it, it was so cringe. It's like, Vanek looked like he was reading off of a, a card behind the camera, and which sucks, because I, I really, I actually like Vanek. I like Riz. Um, Kai, or is it Kay? Kai. I always get that mixed up. Kai. I love Kai. I like. I really like her. Um, and so I think she had the ending trash talk line, and I was like, no. Yeah, Girl, it, no. it really, for me, harkened back. Like, in season one, there's a couple of scenes where they're, like, talking about weapons, and they're talking about cook-off temps on the Spartan laser, and they're, like, tossing frag grenades back and forth. And, like, they worked, like, to varying degrees to, to do what they were trying to do in those particular scenes. But, it, yeah, it seems clear to me they've not figured out a way to, like, show the weird kind of camaraderie that you have between these people yeah. who are simultaneously raised together and have been through the ultimate, yeah. you know, you can't have a stronger bonding remember, experience, but also, like, don't have yeah. any emotional attachment. Uh, to no, I haven't seen the first season as recently as you have, but I totally forgot about that scene. I really, I remember really liking that scene and, be, and, and wishing that, that the one where they're tossing frag grenades and just, like just preparing for battle or just, you know, talking shit. And I remember thinking that's more of what I wanted in the show. And yeah. And then more you got more and nice then you didn't and, like it. 
in this episode. Well, they didn't hang out well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they didn't do so, a good job hanging out. So let's backtrack a little bit uh, in this episode into like, okay, so the operation that we mentioned that uh, the team, Silver Team is on, uh, they're, they're part of Operation Shepherd and they're going around evacuating um, people, citizens, whatever, from like outer unsc worlds um and it's kind of portrayed as like this grunt duty right it's not the combat duty that you like invested in spartans to do um some of that is revealed to be kind of like this guy Ackerson's plan for the spartans um which is interesting but uh i i saw like these folks with the red you know outfits uh and this woman who looked like a you know shaman or something like that in the trailers uh, and I was braced for that to be, like, pretty rough. Uh, but I was actually glad that in this episode it, like, went by quickly and it was clear that it was a one-off and that wasn't going to be, like, some, like, oh, Chief has found the secret and it's these, like, night sisters. You know what I mean? But instead I like the guy just... who's like, she's a shaman, a shaman. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's about how much effort the writers put into it. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did. Uh, in the after show, it was interesting. They explained that, like, every... I don't think this was clear to me from me watching, but, like, they're all wearing red outfits because those were the like emergency relief uh, packages that they got in the thing they alluded to, like oh, okay. was initially evacuated. So like, they're supposed to all be like kind of still living off their like, you know, evacuee provided rations. Sure. Um, and and then they got really unique. religious about it over the last like two weeks. And then, yeah, well we don't, yeah, I don't, their religion was uh, pretty unclear. Uh, other than that, they it's, just really yeah, love. Yeah, that was they that was the first cringe their new plan. dialogue for me. That that find your faith, lady. Yeah, and so speaking of find your faith, the next thing she says is she's talking to the master chief, and she says, "I've seen your death. It comes soon." And so I'm like, "Oh man, are we going to end every season with like master chief dying in one way or another?" <laughs> like, yeah, I just gotta say, like, I'm just imagining. I'm, I'm a guy in the middle of a war doing an evacuation. I've got uh, a clearly injured person slung over my shoulder, and I'm getting back to the ship. And this person just grabs my shoulder and says, Fight your faith. I've seen your death. I would. His, his look of, like, wow, let me think about that is not what I would. That wouldn't be my take if that were me, <laughs> is all I got. <laughs> like, I would just, like, get lost, lady. Can't you see I'm busy? I don't know. Like, what faith? What is your faith? What are you talking about? I just, I, I, I just, I can't stand the cliche of like the wise old woman saying weird cryptic stuff before dying. And I mean, if she was blind, it would have just been right. extra. She, she would hit. The uh, but she was almost rest? there. She had, she had very light irises. I think she, she was close to yeah. being. Do you remember as cliche as you could one? get? This is something that. The, right. the people making the show just clearly can't resist is right. like the mystical I don't get person it because... who's plugged in. And it yeah. just, it's a shame because it feels like they could have done it in a lot more coherent way. Like clearly the, the, the show's main arc is leading up to something cosmic, something greater than humanity, right? Like something that probably involves Forerunner and like it, it, the evolution of humanity, as Halsey has said. Um, and so it just feels really unfortunate to me that they keep choosing to depict uh the individuals who are like maybe plugged into that maybe as like just the mystical. most stereotypical yeah just kind of low effort characters like that... there's always been some mysticism to halo and the covenant but it's always come from like the alien yeah, side right, right. not the yeah, right, the humans. Right. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, I think that's a cool humans. idea to let the humans, like, be like, oh, there are a couple, like, scattered around, you know? Like, yeah, this they get it. connection between John and Maki is super interesting to me. But, but like, this, the ratio of the humans, like, maybe it turns out there are only, like, three people in the entire universal and population. John has met them all. And, and John, j just the ratio that, of, of people that John has met, it makes it seem like one out of ten people are super tuned in. <laughs> And then, yeah. and then one out of ten people are assholes who aren't going to listen, and, and yeah, right. And and the, and that ratio is always the the people that that are plugged in are always at the bottom of the totem pole, and yeah, the people yeah. that are assholes are always at the top. Yeah, why isn't there like a a guy like a high ranking military guy who's like 
I've been listening to the yeah. voices too. Yeah, I've heard them. Yeah. I've heard them. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, my next bullet point after I wrote, it, you know, in the show notes, I wrote that quote about I've seen find your faith, Spartan, and then my next bullet point just says, "Okay, lady," because I couldn't really think of anything else to say. About <laughs> yeah, no, that was um, what I thought you do. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, just finishing off the events on Sanctuary Chief, kind of goes slightly rogue. Uh, he clearly does not have enough time to go save uh, those Marines, but damn it, mm-hmm. he's going to save those Marines. Sure. Um, and he finds a uh, comms team that gets decimated in, like, I don't know, horror movie fashion where they're all getting, like, pulled into the mist. Um, Again. Like back to back with this Marine. It just feels like there, there's always, there's good material. There's a good story there. And then they... I don't know, there's a bad director or there's somebody who feels the need to put in some extra cliche stuff because that's how they know drama. So, you know, you you have the old lady and stuff, but having them getting sucked into the fog, I'm like, what are the, what are the elites doing? Do they have, do they have lassos? Like, I don't, how are they, why are they doing that? They have swords. They're like, that's, we don't need to get the horror movie fog thing here. It's, it's, creepy enough to have the 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 energy sword lights in the fog they they could have done something with what they have not tried to open a book of cliches and pick one so i yeah i kind of read it as they're they're trying to figure out the best way to deal with their budget and that budget is a lot smaller than it was before and uh, yeah that's this pilot well no it's not even a pilot this this first episode of season two really read like a a very good sci-fi channel television show like the way that they did the action in this show um made me feel like oh okay well they're doing the best with what they've got and and but i also think that the reason that they were doing it this way was to evoke exactly the same things that that you're that you're lambasting them for it's like we're going to be lazy about getting people back on board with this show by presenting them with clichés that they know to help ease them back into what we're what we're gonna do now with this show, as opposed to all the stuff that you didn't like before, but we're gonna keep taking the helmet off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did really like the part, though. Um, I mean, I liked the fighting, and I really liked the part where Master Chief has the shotgun and yes. he gets down, and the elite comes past him and he just shoots him without even looking. Yes. Uh, there, there are some really cool moments where I'm like, yeah, Master Chief. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what I wanted to... I do want to talk about that fight for a second because we get, you know, what a lot of fans spent the first season clamoring for, which is like a couple minutes of Chief battling a bunch of elites. Uh, they're invisible, and they have swords, um, and the Chief defeats a lot of them. Uh, I think I might have the unpopular opinion here because I uh, did not really enjoy this fight scene. Pablo Schreiber was doing the media circuit uh, before this season came out talking about uh, how this season was going to be more visceral action because the camera was going to be more in the action um, and more of a shaky cam type of thing um, rather than outside the action. Uh, And to me, it's just like, okay, so I don't get to see the fight that you choreographed anymore. Um, and I thought those moves were cool, but it's really hard to track for me. Um, and so I was, I was really disappointed by the fight. Um, no, you're, you're definitely right about the shaky cam. I, I really liked the gamey feel that they managed to pull off in the first season where I felt like, yeah, this is live action Halo. You had all the sound effects. You had them looking at the, um, not the HUD, the well, thing well, on the gun. The, oh, you know, oh, the, the, yeah, you know the with the bullet, count, you know, bullet yeah, counter and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it did feel like I was watching a zoomed out live action Halo scene. And this one was like, yeah, if if, if Halo were in the universe of a, a gritty modern day movie. Yeah. Which, right. I, yeah, I, you're right. Um, I liked the choreography. It would have been nice to see it. Yeah, I kind of I, I kind of gave them a pass on it. Um, I you know like I again I think from from my perspective it was just like okay this is 
they're, yeah, they're you know they're working they're working with like fifty cents to last last season dollar. So like okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do shaky cam shit, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna cut in between things, and we're gonna let the viewers mine fill in the gaps of I mean you really think what, that's what, a, a budget choice the shaky cam and not the like I've, we're trying to grab a different audience than we were the first season both things can be true both things can be true I, I definitely think it is about having a definitive vision for mm-hmm. um, making this show cool but very very different from from the original season and and yeah and I think that means that like from whomever the showrunners, you know, whomever is in charge of of setting the direction of the show be, beyond the showrunner, it's like it's we're going to take all the things. Right? <laughs> is, isn't it not Kiki? I thought. Isn't she gone now? Yeah. Kiki apparently Kiki's name was was mentioned as part of huh. the layoffs from three four three. However, yeah. she is credited as the executive producer and she features prominently oh. in the featurettes, the after show featurettes. Right. Huh. Right. Yeah. She, right. Kiki is the EP. Anyway, yeah, right. but yeah. Ty, what do you think? Do you think uh budget cuts, uh intentional direction, mix of both? I think yeah, they presented it as like a choice not as a result of budget cuts they're obviously not going to present it as the result of budget cuts um but they've been going around kind of like trumpeting it as a more you know visceral way to show the fight scenes and i think like from the space battles that i've seen in like the trailers for season two and also just the destruction of sanctuary in this episode i thought that was like visually really awesome yeah um, i did scene, like the glassing of the planet that was pretty cool there's one there's a part where like a pelican starts to take off and it gets hit by one of the the plasma cannons and yeah i, just, I thought it was really like amazing looking um despite yeah that was know, cool tragedy obviously uh, thoughts and prayers <laughs> but yeah it's great yeah um and so, i don't know they presented the the uh, refugees is so stubborn that I, I mean, I understand there are Marines on there too, <laughs> like but the Marines were kind of dickish. So I'm like, I'm not sure I'm supposed to be sad so much as, yeah, but oh, yeah, said, see that pelican. Like, just because they, like, I don't really know anything about how shows are produced right now, right? Like they might work with some VFX company and they're like, here's the three big scenes for this season that we're going to put a ton of effort into and the rest, you know, so I, I don't think uh, there being a couple really big VFX scenes necessarily means that what Cicero said isn't true, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't necessarily my take on it. Um, All right, let's move on. Uh, So I think we've talked uh, enough about Sanctuary. Let's talk a little bit about uh, back at ONI. Um, For me, season one, um, all the scenes in ONI, all the characters there. So you had Halsey. This is like the the HQ, right? With Halsey and Keys um, and other Keys and Parangoski. And I just you know, even rewatching season one, this was always the part of the show that worked the best for me. I really liked a lot of those characters. I thought those were by far the best performances in the show um, from almost everybody that I just mentioned. And so I was really, really curious to see how that was going to work this time because that team has seen some major changes. Like Halsey has fled um, to the same planet where she was fleeing, which I know upset you a lot at the end of season one, Megan. Um, <laughs> I, I don't about that. know Miranda. I don't think <laughs> we haven't seen Miranda, right? No. This season. Um, Keys she's got to be around. I mean, Keys she's is like, feels like maybe has done like a full heel turn. It seems like they're going yeah. for. Um, and so anyway, they introduce uh, basically somebody to replace Halsey and to kind of fill that role. Uh, in the arc for this season and that person is named Ackerson Um, he is just like so clearly presented as the most villainous perfidious villain of villains Um, and Megan I actually want to start with you about your take on this character Uh, is this like effective uh, stage setting for a first episode first I actually have a question yeah did Halsey ever send out Spartan teams into missions i thought her job was just the science part yeah that's a good question it's because it seemed like ackerson was suddenly like in command of keys almost like it's mm-hmm. like in a in a weird he was making the the military calls and i just never that seemed odd to me yeah i thought my sense you know from like the books and the fiction and stuff and i think they depicted this in season one has always been 
while Halsey may not have any formal military authority, she is extremely adept at manipulating people yeah. and situations. Well, and it was manipulating, and it was the the fact that Spartans were loyal to her. Yeah, and she does, as she demonstrates more than so one So it just kind of seemed one. weird to me for Ackerson to just step in and be like, I'm sending this off, and they're like, we don't agree. And it's yeah, like, she well, really that's, I'm, I'm the man in charge now. And under normal even Keyes was like, he's the boss. I'm like, is he? Is that how it's always worked? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a, I had trouble, honestly, because that um, the actor is Klaus from Vampire Diaries. Uh, he is like an eight-year-old, uh, 800-year-old vampire. He's uh, ju- the exact same character, very smarmy, intelligent, British. Uh, I, he, I've al- I always liked him as Klaus. It's really odd to see um, Klaus the vampire in a suit telling Spartans what to do. And I, I just, I can't get past that. Yeah, and you I can't think, give a vampire that kind of power. Well, it, and it's not, <laughs> if he were able to act a different way or if the part had been written to be not as cliche as a CW show, uh, then that wouldn't have been a hang-up for me. But instead, I just found myself making vampire jokes the entire time. And because that's how seriously I was taking the whole thing. You know what? Especially. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, just especially when another fun cringe line was, uh, Kai, who is he? He's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Again, as much as I think the writers put into it. Right. Um, you know what, Megan? I hadn't put that together until you just said it. It really, and now you won't be able right, to. Right, right. It really <laughs> did feel like a like a high quality CW show, right? Yeah. Like it, it was it was like the good seasons of Arrow. Um, that's exactly. that's what this first episode was. It really it really was. And I don't you know I don't know if it's unfair to expect more from this, but I but I kind of do expect more. Than a good season well, yeah, of Arrow, but why, why, why wouldn't we expect more? I mean, uh, there are so many sci-fi shows who have come out recently, right. some with great budgets, some with low budgets, and they, that doesn't affect how bad the writing is. That's like, true. you know, so you true. can, uh, I- unless they decided to, that's where they decided to thin the budget is have just like a writer who's got an hour to turn out a script. Right. But I assume they have a team of writers that do a little more work than that. Mm-hmm. It 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 just seems to me. Like I mean, and as a writer, this is a bias that there's somebody sitting over their shoulder saying, "Can you add this too?" Because <laughs> there's a good, lo- there's some good writing, and then there's just like the most over the top cliche characters saying the cringiest stuff. And I can't decide if that's uh, a writer problem or a director problem, a showrunner problem. Somebody coming in and saying, "Yeah, but have you guys seen this like super evil villain dude? Can we put him in a suit?" I got to tell you, Megan, my take on that from everything that I've seen, uh, like in the after show specials with um, the director of, I think, the first couple of episodes of the season um, with Kiki, the executive producer, combined with the fact that Halo has been producing really good quality live action material. Like they produced a TV miniseries in 2012 called Forward Unto Dawn. I really liked it. Like, the dialogue is not bad like this. The characters are interesting. And, and so all those things taken together, I, I've always believed, like, the biggest, uh, you know, barrier to Halo being a good movie in theaters everywhere is, is that corporatization of it, right? Everybody's going to want to have, like, their little input and take a slice of it. And, and that's what makes a property like Halo so hard to bring... Uh, to like a big big screen in this way and to me like what you just described of like somebody in a boardroom being like oh yeah but can we have him be more evil like I just watched this other thing and like that lady was super evil so have her say this that to me feels a hundred percent like what we're seeing uh here in season two yeah honestly I'm I'm gonna that's usually what I I blame for everything (laughs) as a backseat driver who doesn't know how to write saying I just saw this on Fargo yesterday have you seen HBO (laughs) we can do that too right (laughs) like we got 10 minutes to edit the script go 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 and there is it's funny that you guys brought up CW shows because I've always felt like 
TV, it's kind of now you can go for being prestige TV and you can act like you're competing with all the stuff on HBO and Showtime, or you can go for that slightly more campy CW-ish type of vibe. And I don't think this one quite knows which one it's going for. So, uh, yeah, I, I just want to go back to uh, Ackerson and uh, talk about his presentation. You know, yeah, he was he was very mustache twirly, um, but he he was uh, what I will say is that the show has had a precedent for that, because last year uh, or in, uh, in the first season, there was that that guy Vasher Granth. Was that his name? Are you thinking uh, of Venture? Gra- Graf, uh, the the yeah the, the he was he was on the planet with uh, Soren and Quan. Yeah, and Venture, the new like Vinci, UNSC yeah, Vinci, governor of yeah, Madrigal. Yes, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So yeah, I, and and I think th- there was another guy that was like, oh yeah, he's just you know he's capital E evil, and um, you know and there's nothing rede- you know redeeming about him. I hope that with Ackerson, we we learn some nuance because you know the presentation of him is just yeah it is like he is he is the he's the proverbial police chief that's always chewing off our 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 favorite you know the the hero's ass as the you know as the hero goes rogue and saves the day but the chief is always in his way trying to you know trying to make him work by the book but working by the book won't get you know won't get the things done um and yeah and we really don't we don't need that right like we don't need that in this show and 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 you know what to your point ty you're right like uh i mean part of the reason that i was so excited for this series was because so much of the of the live action material um that centered around halo that was very 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 independent um was of such high quality that it it made me super excited for what this what a a live action halo series could be like given a proper budget and you know and people who are who are like their you know whose job it is to make um you know feature length and blockbuster films so um you know this was this the show was was produced in part with Amblin and Entertainment, so um, they've got you know they've got Spielberg money um, behind this. So yeah, Cicero, I'm glad you brought that up because to me, I have a theory that actually Ackerson is going to turn out to be not a bad guy. Right. Um, he's going to be somebody who's you know kind of been a crappy guy in the past but in his new position he's going to have to make such difficult choices and he's going to gain such a respect for the spartans um that actually he's he's going to become an ally in the end yeah i think either an ally in the end uh, because i i yeah i was wondering if maybe a bit of the uh over the top villain is a little bit intentional only because he he had this one line where he's like you don't know what we're doing behind the scenes or he said like I'm doing something, it's something like that that made it seem like there are mechanisms that are going on behind the scenes and maybe they're not aligned with John right now. Um, and maybe that's why everyone is deferring to him as the boss. Maybe it turns out he's not exactly the Halsey replacement. He's somebody else. He's doing something. Like, I don't know. Um, I, but I do wonder if there's more there. Yeah, actually, Hopefully there's the, more there. the, the scene that you just alluded to he actually pulls rank on him. He says, you are a non-commissioned officer just because you don't see a response doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah, um, that exactly. That type yeah. of relationship of actually pulling rank on Master Chief is just like, you know, to to do that from the guy who said, like, I respect this program and I want you to be the best operators that you can be and I believe in the Spartans. Uh, those two things are very, very contrary. Um, and I think... I mean, I mean, it's possible he is sending Cobalt out as some experiment and he does know that there's more going on and that's why he's specifically grounding silver team uh i don't know it, it just there might be yeah. well let's hope right like let, i do hope yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's hope because... or it turns out that uh <laughs> he is just klaus the vampire right well and, but i i think um you know if we're if we're assuming that there is going to be nuance to that character does that mean that keys becomes the villain 
it's weird because Keys is like clearly a bad, like, you know what I mean? He participated in most of the same bad stuff as Halsey. And you could even argue it's like kind of worse that he's like the follower instead of the mastermind. And then at the end of season one, he was kind of like, you know, he like, he confessed in front of Miranda, in front of his right. daughter. Right. And he kind of like committed to like, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of make this right. But then it seems like he's like a really bad dude again this season. Like he's given. I just think he's like a a wet cloth, wet rag, or whatever. He's just got. Yeah. He just does what he's told, and just he seems like he's been in this shit for twenty years. He's retiring in six months. He just needs to hang on to his pension for a little longer. Too damn old for this shit. Um, I I suspect that um you know there's been a lot of there's been a lot of conversation and and, and full disclosure to any everyone that's listening uh ty uh, ty has watched episode two megan and i have not uh if you're listening to this uh episode and you have already watched episode two there may be things that megan and i are saying that may sound like they're spot on for season for episode two or they're you know they're comfort completely nonsense um because they you know they're they're contradicted in in episode two but i i i suspect there's been a lot of conversation about um the fall of reach happening or at least beginning in in this season and i wonder if keys is going to be the sacrificial lamb um is going to be the person that we lose and um where where they have lots of complexity there's lots of things that we know about this particular character that um but we you know we we don't really necessarily mourn you know mourn the loss because they're not they're not a baby face hero um as much i mean if that's gonna be keys they gotta they gotta step it up for me to care at all (laughs) like it reminds me just also speaking of cw there's this one actor in a flash who had some back issues and so they just had him sitting down for an entire season oh yeah wasn't that the stretch dude the guy who was no that no that was the it was uh flash's dad um the the cop guy and they just had him sitting down the whole time because he had back issues and that's what keys reminded me of it's just like dude's yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's got some medical issues. I don't know. Again, maybe in episode two, he does a little more than just stand there and look like forlorn about his job. But no. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and put all my money on the fact that he remains exactly the same. Because <laughs> uh, I like making wild bets without knowing anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't think you're going to see a lot of keys in episode two. But anyway, um, before we move on to talk about uh, the rubble and Soren, which is just, you know, simultaneously to me the the best and worst part of the show um the last thing i want to talk about oni wise is to me it seems like we are setting up uh frankly exhausting tension between ackerson and the chief where the chief has a theory he knows he's got instincts he's been on the ground and this guy just doesn't believe him and we talked a little bit about it uh, but to me, it's just like so tired. I do not want that tension to continue existing for more and more episodes. Uh, I want that to be resolved uh, quickly. Uh, any other takes on that? Thoughts? Yeah. No, it's exactly what Cicero said. I really hope they're subverting it because, my right. God, it would be painful to just have to actually go through the whole thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that they have really done a heavy-handed job of creating teenage chief like 16 year old master chief um and and if you even if you go back into season one right like he loses his virginity he falls in love with the with you know with the clearly toxic girl um and everyone you know and and uh halsey was like his mom right she was a little strict she was kind of aloof um and and he was going and he was doing things and she was like mm, I don't like that girl and and he and he was like eh, f you mom you know you don't know her and now we've got uh, we've got this other dude coming in and it's like you know seventeen year old chief where he's sitting around and he's like he knows what's going on but he doesn't he can't figure out the right way to articulate exactly what's going on to be the most effective 
Uh, Does a seventeen-year-old usually the one who knows what's going on? When the well, like <laughs> they know what's going on in school. Like, oh, hey, this shit has happened <laughs> sure. to me okay. in football practice, right? Like, I, I, I know what's happening, but I can't figure out a way to tell you, Dad, that uh, you know that the the coach. I just love the, when he says what happened to him, and he's like, he disappeared. I'm like, man, come on, yeah. there's way better way to Boy, say yeah. that. Yeah, he was not. Like, you use the exact word that you would. If it was a hallucination, right. you weirdo. <laughs> it's like when people scream, "I'm not crazy," right. and you're like, "You're not helping yourself." Yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I do, I do kind of feel like there's going to be these moments where, um, where Chief is just going to be a petulant child, and and um, and Ackerson is going to have to lay out some wisdom for him that that makes Chief realize, like, even though what he is saying about whatever the situation happens to be true that the wiser thing was definitely yeah. begrudgingly the thing that so Poe Dameron and, and Halso yes Halso Holdo 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 yeah. there we go yeah yeah, yeah. exactly Poe Dameron was a lot more charming <laughs> <laughs> Well, he had taken his he had taken his pellet out a long time ago. So. Special counsel would have a field day with you guys and your recollection of names. Uh, let's move on <laughs> to talk a little bit about Rubble um, and Soren, who took up I thought a surprisingly sizable amount of this episode. Um, they clearly were trying to, you know, in the first season, we saw the Rubble, but it was a little bit unclear what anybody's doing there. There's kind of like a market bazaar kind of thing, and people are you know selling stuff and moving some boxes. Um, but in this season, I think they were really trying to give us like a little bit of a picture of maybe like the underbelly or the, you know, um, the economy or like what, what drives Soren um, on the rubble or, or something. And it was just this weird, uh, like, I, I don't Cartoon. even know where to begin. Uh, it was it was a it was an auction marketplace for indentured servants uh, who are people who have found themselves as refugees on the rubble in one way. Yeah, or and another. apparently, getting a, a botanist who can grow food is laughable. <sighs> yeah, why was that so funny? I don't know. I was like, was he seems like, like the ah, most useful you one. Science boy, <laughs> was it that kind of thing? <laughs> uh. It was his curly hair that got him. <laughs> yeah. Um, too boyish. So, like, I don't know if there's a whole lot more. The one thing I did think was funny was clearly, like, to me, the whole time you're kind of like, wait, is this what Soren does? Like, this is awful, you know? And then they're like, you know you know the deal, like, indentured servitude for, like, two years. And, and like, uh, Julia and I kind of turned to each other. We're like, I was like, I think they've picked the term that made it seem like, the like, that's not that bad. You know what I mean? Like, if you have no other option. like it, it like, It's not a slave auction. Like, it's a... Like, ten years, it would have been like, Soren's really bad. But, like, two years, it was kind of like, eh, okay. I mean... Did, the, did they sign a contract? What happens if Soren doesn't let him go in two years? Yeah. Uh, it's, Come on, man. You can't get any more indentured servants then, and keep right, then, holding on to them. Then auction sells you. Uh, the whole thing <laughs> felt so... Uh, yeah, I was so uncomfortable uh, the whole time. It felt yucky. <laughs> What did you think, Cicero? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. It's the the indentured servant uh, auction was awesome. It it actually, you know, it is it is funny that you say that, Ty. That, that um, when yeah, when they said it was two years, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, I've maybe I've been playing a little bit too much Elite Dangerous because you know it's like, oh yeah, you were able to travel across the galaxy for free. You, someone's got to pay for that, um, and you know now you're gonna pay for it with sweat sweat equity. Um, so. Uh, it's it's weird like that there the I feel like somebody watched um the expanse and was like, Hey, the belters seem cool. We're gonna change the rubble into they're gonna be our belters. And, you know, they're all kind of like, you know, they they played like there's a collective, but they were gonna play fast and loose with the laws. And it, We're gonna give the lady a top hat. Right, right exactly. Um, and yeah, and she, you know, and she can she can fight. She's 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 a badass. She's gonna beat up the dude, the big, you know, the worst of them. It, she was able to uh, take out. Well, that goes back to I think it was Ty that was like, is it camp? Is it serious? It can't decide what it is, and it's exactly that. It's like yeah, it, 
the the belter expanse which is really cool and then lady in a top hat back slapping a a big, a big dude and you just why? why 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 is this happening yeah yeah it was strange um but you know ultimately it did set up um one of the refugees slash uh auction items turns out to be somebody claiming to know the whereabouts of our villain from season one dr halsey and soren is very very interested in this uh the idea of finding out where halsey might be is very top of mind for him um and even though he initially dismisses this uh as not being serious uh, it's clear that he kind of can't stay away from this idea and that the the tantalizing prospect of getting revenge on dr halsey is uh pretty irresistible to him and i really this is one thing i really like about the overall arc that they did with halo was i spent like basically seven episodes of the first season just like marveling at what a incre- what an incredible villain she is um and then it turns into like almost like this revenge fantasy like inglorious bastards kind of thing for like the last episode like i don't know if you guys remember like kai boards her ship and like smashes her assistant guy aiden into the ceiling and kills him and like tries to take her ship down and it's like it's pretty bonkers and i like that she's become this just like object like of like a revenge fantasy for like basically like most of the president past spartans it seems like except maybe john who who like scolds Ackerson for using the past tense when talking about her um, yeah, I, I don't know the entire silver team seemed a little like rankled that uh people are disrespecting halsey even if they don't agree with her completely mm. Yeah, you're, you're still like they're allowed to back talk, mom, but you're yeah, not allowed yeah, to back talk, yeah, mom. Definitely. Yeah, and which you know does play like they were her favorite, right? Like that was Mama's team, um, so that all does uh, kind of fit. But ultimately, uh, Soren decides to take a crew, uh, follow through on this lead, try and track down the whereabouts of Halsey, and uh, surprise, surprise, out of the darkness emerge some dudes with spacesuits and guns. Do we know who those dudes are? They arrested him for under whose authority. Do we know the, what that's about? My assumption is based on, you know, the combination of stated authority and shadiness that it's, uh, O and I, uh, you know, this shows equivalent of, of second. Okay, yeah. But I-, I was kind of excited about that. Cause at least it brings Soren perhaps into the actual story. So we don't have to see his weird crap anymore. That would be nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would like for him to not have to deal with his goofy son and, um, you know. 1920s wife. Right, and his 1920s wife. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I want, yeah, let's bring all the pieces back onto the same board. Um, you know, let's stop splitting this party. If you know, if we're gonna have these conversations, let's let's have them together. Because otherwise, they, like those characters don't. They really did such a poor job with making those characters matter in season one. Um, that yeah, like in order for them to to matter in season two, they have to come back together and get at least a piece of the story before you can split the party again. Yeah, and that's why I was so surprised. Like Ty, you said they they spent a real sizable chunk doing this. And in all the interviews, all the lead up, it was, oh, we're separating ourselves from season one. We're just going to rewrite it. We're going to really dedicate this to, to Halo and the Halo fans and everything. And then it went to Sword, and I was like, what? <laughs> we spent okay, like it's just not what I expected. I, that we had named our podcast Forward on Quan, and it was so obvious that they were going to drop Quan from season I thought they were going to drop everything the... that wasn't Halo and, and UNSC and O&I. I, I thought like they were going to drop all the things that weren't halo and no and so yeah as you're alluding to here megan uh, kwan basically appears she's the dun 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 i just got such a kick out of that like is that the cliffhanger that uh that there are bumps in the night that he can do nothing about like oh my gosh just read the room i can't believe that was the and next time on episode two yeah. This chick, remember? I was I was <laughs> extremely confused by all of that. So, so were we watching like a flashback from the kid 
before that or like did they just flash forward to some time when he meets up with Quan and like the, I think she was like, monologuing the whole time and then he just snuck into the back yeah, while wait, she was... let's let's back up let's lay this out a little bit because okay. Myra at the end of season one remember Quan and Soren are together they're on Madrigal they find this box of money and they're like we gotta shoot the sky pipe and they shoot the sky pipe and blows up uh, and Soren's like okay like good deal I got the money I'm gonna go back to my asteroid and Quan's like I'm gonna stay here and like you know, fight for Madrigal or whatever. And then fast forward to now, and they say Madrigal has fallen. The Covenant have taken. Yeah, Madrigal glass, yeah. Why is Quan on the rubble? Yeah, and and why is she in a weird cloak hiding in a cave with cave symbols? Did she make the cave symbols? Like the rubble's boss's son. Like, I don't get it. Also, who are the monsters that she's talking about? The, the aliens? The Spartans? The, I think the, the Covenant is what she's all talking about. Right. But right. what a strange thing to try to deny that they exist. <laughs> yeah, And, <he's laughs> and she's like, do you kid. believe me like, now? And I'm even, like, but the person trying. who took out the dad wasn't an alien or a monster. It was just like a bunch of dudes. He's a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's just like a scared kid. He's just like, I don't, I don't want to think about monsters. And she's like, this is an epistemological argument now. And I'm going to prove to you. <laughs> These cave drawings like, oh, suggest God. that I honestly, I have no idea. And she's using a candle, which like, come on. Right. The, uh, <laughs> the only other thing I wanted to say is that fire uh, is unde- undetectable. They can't trace fire. <laughs> Yeah, you can't. Yeah, they didn't set the sensors for that. It's right. too too archaic. The kid's helmet, like the prop, is um, it's like a UNSC pilot's helmet with ski goggles and like a toolbox lid as the visor. So it's not even like Kessler like bought a prop. Like he, the kid, put together like he assembled his own Spartan helmet. Um, mm. So he's he's clearly a fanboy. Uh, yeah. And so I really wanted to make a joke about him wearing the helmet more than Master Chief. <laughs> it's there. It is there. I mean, I. It's right there. I think they walked into it. Well, I, yeah, and I didn't make this connection at all until uh, our contributor from last season, Alex Patanos, brought it up to me that like it is interesting that they feature this whiny boy who, when he cannot face the world's problems, he hides behind his helmet as. So many uh, fans of Halo insisted that Chief should spend all of season one doing. Um, so. I do enjoy that they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I really thought maybe they'd address that. No. But no. no. That, is, no. that is what they do. This is how we do it. And if you don't want to watch this happen, don't watch it. it is, is, you know, they've been consistent with that. And, you know, I gotta, yeah, I gotta, like, give him props for that, definitely. And if you don't want Quan. Right. <laughs> Too bad. I just, I just, I, I really, I could not believe that that was the, that was the last note of the first episode. Well, I, you know, I mean, the thing that I can appreciate, right, like, if, if, if you know, we'll, let's put lipstick on this pig, is that they're not just pretending like the parts of season one that most people didn't like didn't happen. Right. Um, so they're. But I really thought they would. I mean, in the interviews, it really made it sound like that's exactly what they planned on doing. Well, well, I, it, y- yes. But what they said was, we're, you know, like, we're not going to repeat the mistakes from season one. And and you what mistakes are they not right repeating? well you de- you get to define right like they get to define what those mistakes, <laughs> what those mistakes were. were the mistake was miranda <laughs> <laughs> we got her off the show oh <laughs> uh, you know it's all about perspective and cortana <laughs> no one wanted her oh <laughs> uh, here you are yeah. honey um, we did, we, yeah, we did not discuss the weird girlfriend AI that John found. Oh my gosh, in the, yeah. And the thing, uh, where was that oh, on I your cringe meter? Because it was so... Where was that pathetic. on your cringe meter, uh, Megan? Uh, bad. <laughs> I was I was almost hoping we wouldn't talk about it so we could all pretend it didn't happen. Uh, I, is he, what's it supposed to represent that he, I mean, is that his like... It's super seedy therapy. He can't talk to anyone else, right. so he has to. And I just don't buy that Master Chief even knows how to find a seedy underground AI girlfriend. <laughs> like, 
hasn't yeah. he just learned how to like walk right. and d- yeah, I didn't like, know he knew how to contact to be like, hey, I'm looking for like an AI that I can like pick her face and then I can like talk to her about how I miss this other AI. Where can I go? I, I thought like they kind of track his every move and it's even difficult for him to get on a tram into the city. Like, yeah, you'd think, but here we are. Here we are. That was all in his. Pants. Again, it's one of those like, hey, we got to show something. Open up the cliche book. What can we use? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was, like, truly, you know, pathetic and showed the depths of, I mean, I mean like, it's it's not, uh, regardless of how they presented it, it's not a crazy storyline to me to be like, you know, he actually grew attached to this AI in his brain, and they went sure. through this combat experience together, and um, he's, he's got some trauma, you know, that he needs to work out, and they're clearly moving it back towards a place where uh, they come together as, like, a... Cortana is John's girlfriend type of thing. Uh, but like similar to Maki, the young child, like kissing that boy in season one, I was just like, I get what you're doing here, but like, Oh man, am I uncomfortable watching it? Yeah. I, uh, I wonder what the heck they're trying to do here. Again, I think it, I, I think there's a lot, uh, there, there has to be a lot of, chief is a teenage boy um kind of feeling in the writer's room right that that that's that's the direction that they're that they're going with um just so that he can just so that we can learn through him right because we want him to win right as the as the as the as the consumer as the as the person who is who is watching this show you're there because of chief so you want him to win you want him to be right it doesn't matter it almost doesn't matter what he does he will be the baby face for you so i think a lot of uh, you know i think what we're going to wind up seeing is a lot of the failings that uh that can happen within this show will happen through master chief so that we can all learn those lessons together. And that's what we're all here for watching Halos to learn lessons together. Yes. Um, I think that about uh, wraps it up. I did want to put each of you on the spot just a little bit. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, like season one wraps up with Halsey. Uh, she, she escaped, you know, she's, she's free. She's on the loose. And we know that Halsey is in this season just for marketing materials and casting and stuff like that. Um, what is your prediction, uh, each of you? Uh, and I'll let either of you start for the role that Halsey will play in this season. And you can take this any way you want, um, how significant you think it will be, whether she will somehow come to the rescue of Silver Team, uh, whether she will just be a complete heel. Um, or, yeah, just, just what do you think that appearance is going to be like? I know... Uh, like Cicero said, I've watched one more episode than than you have. I know a little bit more than you, but um, yeah, not enough to make this a trick question, I guess. So uh, yeah, who wants to take that one? I'm just really curious because I think we all universally agree she's a strong point of the show, right? Yes, uh, we, yes, I think she's a great actor. So yeah, go ahead, Cicero. Yeah, I, well, I, I think that what we're gonna find out is that she that Halsey has been Indiana Jonesing her way to the discovery and the location of the halo and what the halo is and that um she is going to be she's she is going to be a walking talking um like attainable MacGuffin this entire season because i think that she's going to be the person that both uh chief is after that that UN UN uh, UN and, and, and the Oni uh, USNC is after that, um, and that the Covenant will be after because she she has so much information about everything that's going on and and where they need to go and why they need to get there. Yeah. What about you, Megan? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I just I hope she's in it. <laughs> I, I just feel like it's what I said before is that it's like there's there's a story there there's there is 
the the silver team and the covenant and the artifacts and Halsey and Cortana and it just keeps getting muddied by weird crap and I don't like whenever they make excuses to not have Cortana and not have Halsey and not have the the silver team and not and it's just like why why you're, yeah. you're it's all right there and I just feel like it's such a tease to watch the show because there's going to be five to ten minutes of every show that I'm really wild about and then another 40 minutes of me going but why and Halsey missing is one of them yeah and so much of the thing with tv these days that's aspiring to be that kind of uh, prestige-ish tv is to save everything for the last episode and a half um and that's a trend all right and with that i think we've done a great job of covering uh the first episode of the new season of halo the series uh on paramount plus uh, join us again here on Forward Unto Quan next week. We're going to cover, I think, episodes two and three of Halo. Um, so a lot going on. Definitely don't want to miss that. I will be joined again by the full panel. Um, we'll be back every week as new episodes of Halo are released uh, with our panel. Uh, Megan, you can find her again at megawatt.writes on the socials. And Cicero, you can find him at stubbystan. Um, and I'm just, again, so thankful to be joined by you and have the opportunity to talk about this show. We never know what it's going to hold for us each week, but uh, regardless of how I feel watching it, I know that I'm going to feel uh, joy discussing it with the both of you. So thank you again uh, for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Forward Unto Quarrel.